Hello, and welcome to another episode of Endeavors. On today's show, I speak with actress, director, producer, filmmaker, Mika Burum on her new feature film, Hollywood.con. That's coming up on Endeavors. You're listening to Endeavors Radio with your host, Dan McGee. Growing up in Victoria, there wasn't a ton of full-fledged acting opportunities. But one way that I was able to get experience was doing background extras, as they used to call them, background actors. We did X-Men, In the Land of Women, uh, TV shows called Alienated, Terminal City. I was a double in a film called Fierce People. We did TV movies, The Party Never Stops. And one project that I got to be a part of was this great little indie film called Augusta Gone. It was a TV movie. I believe we shot it like late 2004, early 2005, something like that. And it's about this this teenager, you know, who's who's having problems with with drugs and alcohol, who gets sent away to this strict nature camp where they where they try to reform uh, the kids. It was directed by Tim Matheson, who is probably best known as Otter from National Lampoon's Animal House, as well as Sharon Lawrence, Gabriel Rose, Katie Stewart, Curry Graham, and my guest today, Mika Burum. Mika has been an actor since she was seven years old. She was early on guest starred on The Drew Carey Show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Ally McBeal, The Tom Show, Walker, Texas Ranger. Later on, she moved into films like Jack Frost, Mighty Joe Young, The Patriot, Heart, one of my favorites, Hearts in Atlantis, Along Came a Spider, Riding in Cards with Boys, Blue Crush, Carolina, Sleepover. Later on, she appeared in Touched by an Angel, Dawson's Creek, and House. And like so many actors that start out in the business as kids, she found herself drawn to learning about other aspects of filmmaking, specifically behind the scenes. 
she has done a couple of shorts, L.A. Player, Love Thy Neighbor, and she's recently released her first film, feature film, as a director, which is has been a, a long time coming for her. It's called Hollywood.con.con, uh, and it was written by her and her father, and it was inspired by a trip that they took one year down to Mexico to buy jade. Uh, her father is, in real life, uh, a, gemolo- a gemologist, and had invited her to this this sort of gem and, and precious metals convention. She also stars in the movie, which feature also features... Cody Cash from Desperate Housewives, Robert D'Amico, and Tom Arnold, who plays the drug lord L. Jade. Meek and I, and this, this I think turned out to be one of my favorite interviews that I've done in, in in quite a while. We, you know, you, you sort of start off as your typical interview does, and then it, it sort of becomes a lot more casual, and, you know, just to chat. We reminisced about Augusta Gone, um, working with Anton Yelchin, which she did twice in Along Came a Spider and Hearts and Atlantis, and I got to meet him when I was doing um, Fierce People, she reminisced about her time on the island, both in Victoria and then driving up to Nanaimo, also being in Vancouver for Along Came a Spider. And of course, you know, I asked her what it was like writing, directing, producing, and starring in an indie film, and what it was like working with a live camel. This is me. And Mika Borum, coming up. I filmed there. I lived there for a little while. I know. Years, in like 2005, I was an extra in Augusta Gone. Shut up. Yep. That's awesome. I I remember that I I was what when he I don't know exactly where can't remember where we were but we were like at the camp and they were like they had us running in like a almost like a military style like thing and then we were like hanging out by like cabins and then uh, Sharon came out of one I think she played your mother um, and then we were also at the scene with was it was it Gabrielle who played the grandmother do I um I can't remember that sounds familiar though yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, God, that was like 2000, I want to say like 2004, 2005, something like that. Yeah, that'd be about right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that film. That was, people love that movie. Like, really, it's it's like, like, people are all about it. And they play it um, at all these mental health facilities. They played it like rehabilitation facilities. Like that movie, um, for whatever reason, has so much traction, uh, which is cool. You know, it's cool. I I think it's good. I liked it. Yeah. Like, you know, that stuff with the wilderness was wild, though. Yes. Yes. The uh, Victoria would get a lot of those like TV movie type things. I, I did a few of those. We did one with um, it was called Party Never Stops, which was about binge drinking. 
um it, it the, the star the star was sarah paxton you i, I oh yeah that's awesome that's yeah super awesome and i i couldn't help but notice the uh the hearts in atlantis poster behind you that was one of my favorite movies as a kid oh that's wonderful i love that movie so much oh. i i i literally like i just you know apart from being in the film which is like so cool and such an honor but i just i love that movie like just yeah. the nostalgia at it and um Scott Hicks, the director, like his, his work is so poignant and like beautiful. And I don't know, the movie itself is just really like, it's, I, I, I enjoy, I, sometimes I have a hard time watching myself in films because I'm like, ah, like, right. like yeah. what's going on with your hair there? But like, I will say that that's one that I genuinely like can sit there and like really enjoy and watch. Although, um, I don't like the part where I get beat up. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> I watch it. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I um, I uh, in like again in like probably 2005, I was a double for Anton on his film called uh, Fierce People, which he was in with. Um, oh, cool. They they did like five days of shooting over here, and I had like big like curly hair back then, so they saw me and like, all right, you're Anton's double for the week. I'm like, okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, just a. Uh, little 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 flashbacks but uh yeah uh you i guess so you were here for the entire duration of augusta gone then i was i was i very much enjoyed it too it was it was a uh, beautiful and um yeah i enjoyed it a lot and then i went to uh nanaimo too like on a oh yeah is that is that did i pronounce that correctly yep yeah i went there on like a weekend trip too and i was just like oh my gosh like just the landscape's gorgeous yeah, no, it's 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 very it's very scenic. The whole island, it's it's really really nice. Is there still like a lot of punk rock influence on the island? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, I mean, uh, I think like a lot of music, it's turned a lot more indie, like indie rock. Um, but yeah, there's still like seventies and eighties. There's a lot of punk bands from from this part um which is so interesting like like very like very cool and random and then i just remembered too um there are a lot of people uh fashion wise too that were sort of like exploring like punk rock looks and i remember being yeah. like oh like that's kind of like what is that that's kind of cool I'm like do i need piercings <laughs> <laughs> well well in, in in the in the in the 60s and 70s uh the golf islands in victoria were populated by a lot of draft dodgers from vietnam so there is sort oh, okay of, there is sort of that like ethos still, I think alive a little bit. And uh, it's funny you mentioned fashion. Uh, um, Drag Race Canada, which is like the Canadian version of of Drag Race. Um, one of the contestants is from Victoria too. So there, there is there is that. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Drag yeah. Race Canada. I got to get more into that. I don't know enough about that yeah. one. Well, uh, Brooklyn Heights, who I I think was in and might have even won Drag Race. Okay. Uh, is like the MC of Drag Race Canada because Brooklyn's from Toronto. Oh, nice. Yeah. So little, nice. little, little, little Victoria history there for you. No, I don't know. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Victoria's got a lot going on. Yep. 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 Second oldest Chinatown in, Can in uh, North America too, behind San Francisco. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you, you have a new film coming out. Hollywood. I do. Hollywood.con. <laughs> Um, I know this has been quite the journey for you because I think the, the trailer came out in, in 2018. Um, I think I've heard about this project at least for the last, you know, four or five years or so. Um, 
how does it feel to finally release it to the world? Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. And it's, it's, um, yeah, it's nice getting, it's nice getting it out to audiences because that's what you created for, you know, you like want people to enjoy and have an experience with it. And um, this project has been a blast because I, and a lot of work. <laughs> like what you're saying about like the trailer coming out before, it's been a lot of work because I wrote it, I directed it, I acted in it, I produced it, like the whole shebang. And it was one of those things too that was so funny because I, um, halfway through, I was like, wait, this is so ambitious for an independent film. Like whose idea was it to film in Mexico, Guatemala, Arizona, Texas, California. I was like, why didn't I just put, you know, three actors in a room and they have issues <laughs> and then they've got to work them out. So uh, yeah, halfway through, then I was like, no, no, like we're going to get this done. But, um, but it's been a really fun project because I've been able to collaborate with so many cool artists on it. I cast the film with actors that I'd worked with in the past. So, um, you know, pretty much every single actor in it, I have a relationship with. And so I was able to um, develop their characters with them. And so we sat down and we were, you know, working on what would be fun that would be to play against typecast for them. And um, so like Devin Rattray, who was, you know, buzzing Home Alone, he was in Mosaic with Sharon Stone, he was in Masterminds, he's on that uh, Russian Dolls TV show, he's on the Amazon TV show The Tick, he just did a new um, Soderbergh movie with Zoe Kravitz, like, like, just like, always working on stuff. Um, so he plays Andy Slimmick in it, and he's like this mover, shaker, con artist, uh, in your face, hustling producer. And so a lot of his roles um, generally are, are um, sort of more um, like sort of more like homey and like, um, you know, uh, likable guy next door. And, and I mean, he's a great character. He plays everything across the board. But sometimes, you know, so for this one, he's just like super, super like slamming in your face. And um, uh, Tom Arnold's in it. Tom Arnold's the drug lord. So Tom Arnold was uh, my dad on a TV show for a few years called The Tom Show on Warner Brothers. And so it's, I called him up and I was like, Tom, how do you feel about playing a drug lord, LJ in Mexico? Like, what do you think? And he's like, all right. Which is so funny too, because he has his new TV show, um, come, or it's like a docu-series coming out on Discovery Plus with his sister called The Meth Queen. And so she's like <laughs> the meth queen of Iowa. So he gets to be, and he like narrates it and hosts it with her. So he, you know, sister gets to be meth queen of Iowa and Tom gets to be drug lord of, <laughs> of Mexico. So yeah, it's fun. Well, who else? We have Cody Cash in it, who's on Desperate Housewives for years. And um, he, he always plays like so psycho killers, mafiosa, like, so in this he's, um, the fun like super like super networking dancing singing secretary marvin lovejoy uh so that was like a fun different role for him to play got to develop with him um paige howard's in this she like comes off very like sweet and nice and so in this she's like this like super raging like heavy hitter uh woman producer who's just like literally on top of the world like she's filming in mount everest telling people what to yep. do yeah, um, Brian Krause has a little cameo in it. Um, Brian from, uh, he was on Charmed for years. He was Leo the White Knight. 
so he jumps in he's a director in it um yeah we just we get a lot of a lot of fun cast in there it's it's a it's a good group and it was just like it was fun to um you know to bring people on board it was it was funny too though because they're all working actors so like trying to organize everyone's schedule <laughs> to get it going was a little nutty though i was like oh my gosh <laughs> what's going on here how was it working with your dad because i know you you co-wrote the film with it and he plays your dad in the film because is, is it true that this was sort of inspired by a trip the two of you took together to to mexico to, to buy jade yeah so um so cool to be with my dad in the movie like how awesome you know um i just feel really lucky and fortunate that like you know, to, to have like this, this, this memorabilia piece that we've now, you know, created together and, and he's in the movie. Um, so that was fun. But yeah, so he is a gemologist, like with gemstones. And so he invited me on this trip before I went with him to the Tucson Gem and Mineral Show, which is the biggest one in the world in Arizona. We're second biggest, but, um, or maybe it's the biggest, I don't know, one of them. But uh, so we went to that and no one could find Jade there. There was a real lack of Jade for whatever reason. And the show goes on for about two weeks. So we were there in the beginning and we figured that there would be enough time to go to Guatemala, find Jade and come back. So, and sell it at the show. So I went with her, we went to Guatemala and it was just this crazy experience. Like basically the Jade is sold by one group and so we were trying to find like Jade that was like outside of this one um, group that was selling it. And we met up with these people who were all the way like, you know, like way, way off the beaten path. And we sat down with them and they started pulling out all this Jade and the Jade that they were pulling out, we came from tombs. It was like, <laughs> like crazy. And, uh, you know, because the Mayans believed that when someone passed away, you put a um, piece of jade in their mouth, and then that allowed like the soul to come through. And it was something that helped them get to the afterlife or that they took with them to the afterlife. And so, yeah, there were these pieces of jade that were from Mayan tombs that were brought up. And they were like, yeah, like, would you like to buy this? And we we're like, no, no, <laughs> I don't want to lose fingers, not trying to die. Um, but it really inspired me to have, cause the movie has the enchanted cursed piece of Jade in it. Um, so that whole part of it came from that experience. And then we actually, when we were in Guatemala, we came back with, um, 300 pounds of Jade that, uh, that my dad sold at the, at the Tucson Gem and Mineral show. So, but yeah, so when we started piecing it together, I was like, all right, like what would be like a fun adventurous movie to make? And so I took the Hollywood side of things, which is my background, having like acted since I was seven and done all these movies. Um, and like, it always like stood out to me when people say funny stuff, like in the industry about like, um, you know, just like kind of like con artist, which is how it's Hollywood.com, but or like hustler things about like, oh, like gonna need this much money, gonna need a little bit more money, like just like this kind of like slimy stuff. So I was like, I would love to include that dialogue because it's so funny um and the con artist thing so i combined that with um all the jade and the enchanted and, like the mayans because that's very you know mystical and interesting and um just mesh those together so that's how it became the the two worlds colliding but um yeah i had a blast with the, i had a blast with the dialogue that with the with the um you know well you, you're gonna need a three-month minimum on that it's gonna be you know 6k 9k need another 50k <laughs> you want an ep credit it's gonna be a lot more <laughs> you know we 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 see a lot Gameplay. of 
we we do see a lot of child stars you know i think move behind the scenes ron howard is a great example of that um was directing always something that was in the cards for you to directing and writing and producing i think so i think it can be a natural progression you know a natural progression at least it was for me because i um you know i acted so for, for so long since i was seven and being on sets, I, I was always interested in what everyone else was doing, you know, what all the other jobs were. And so, um, you know, um, acting is a really interesting, wonderful aspect. But I think that, uh, you know, getting into the more kind of like setup and mechanical side of and collaboration side of what directing is too, and following the project from the inception all the way through distribution is um you know sort of like a natural progression experience because instead of just being a part of something you literally um you know um you know you're literally like the caretaker of it all the way through um so i think it's, it's cool a lot more a lot more um a lot more time investment though <laughs> acting you know you're like all right so i show up for a couple of weeks <laughs> let me know when presses <laughs> movie they're like this is you're with it um speaking of of crazy things what was it like because i saw one scene that had a, a camel in it that chases you uh when you're in the the atv how was that experience like working working with a live large animal oh my goodness this movie has so many funny animals in it it really does and the camel i think tops it off <laughs> like um yeah, so we have this wild camel in there, and it was such a funny experience working with the camel because um, the camel is driven by treats, and so that's how we got the camel to really perform at its best was um, these little snacks. But at some point, camels get this questionable, per questionable personality where you don't know if they are being playful or starting to get aggressive. <laughs> and so she started to get angry when we like weren't giving her as many treats. <laughs> like when they we started to like, okay, like we're, you know, we're almost done filming, like slow down. And she's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. Um, and it was funny too, because um, our cinematographer at one point, like, I can't remember what the conversation was exactly, but it was something along the lines of like, hey, like if you ever feel nervous, you know, with the camel and stuff, just uh you know just back up uh, you know into that tree and before we had that conversation it was like he had never thought about it and then once we had that conversation we looked over and he was like up in the tree <laughs> the dp had climbed up in the tree because he was like he was like i never thought about the camel turn on me like <laughs> he was chasing the cart chasing you guys like what do you mean if i get scared or the camel gets aggressive like i'm not shooting from the tree but um, yeah, and the movie has a wildebeest in it too. We have um, these little homages in the movie. And I don't know, um, like there's a, like a William Shatner Twilight homage with the wildebeest, um, if you watch that. And then we have like a um, Pretty Woman homage in there too. And, um, but yeah, we have, we also have uh, for animals, we have, um, there's a Shetland pony in there. There's a Cholo Sequintle which are really cool um, dogs that um, they're like the hairless Mexican dogs. Uh, they had the one Dante and Coco in the, in the animated film. And so they're, they're interesting as well because they are supposed to um, 
bring um, like the soul over, like the over to the rainbow bridge. They're like escorts into the afterlife. So we have one of those in the movie. We have my little dog Penny in the movie, who's passed away. Who the movie's dedicated to. Uh, she lived till she was like eighteen. That's my dad's dog in the movie. So I got to immortalize her in that, which was fun. But so that so that was your actual dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is so cute. I loved putting her in there. She's a she's a Brussels Griffin, which um, which is funny because I had worked with several Brussels Griffins and like so that's why I decided I need one. I worked with one um, on this movie called Carolina that um, had Shirley MacLaine and um, Julia Stiles in it and like Alessandra Nivola and I was like, oh, I need one. I need one. And it's funny enough because like Anton um, Yelchin, he ended up with um, the Brussels Griffins too. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah. Ended up being like the special, special they're funny looking. They're adorable. Uh, and another cool cameo that you had is from uh, Billy Bob Thornton and the Boxmasters who appear as themselves. How did you convince or how, how did that come about? You know, just just uh, just friendships and experiences, you know, it's uh, so cool. So, so cool. So they gave us a couple of songs for the film. Um, the Glendale song, that's a Boxmaster song, which is really fun. And it's got the quirkiest lyrics to it. And um, yeah, and then they have the cameo in it. And there's the animated um, work of them in there. And, you know, the movie just has a lot of fun artists in it that jumped in. It's, it's a true ensemble cast that's like true indie filmmaking you know it's 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 definitely like an independent film with a bunch of weird characters weird experiences you know slapstick comedy stupid experiences like nothing political nothing religious in it like you just go and it's escapism you know it's escapism to have a good time which i thought would be nice um you know, and that's why releasing it now too, with all the pandemic stuff going on, I'm like, oh, like people need this, you know, you can sit down, you can watch it with the whole family. It's just loose fun. Well, you know, when you're younger, I, I saw you in more dramatic films. Is, is comedy, was comedy always in your blood? Is this something you want to explore more? I think so. I mean, I think um, I'm interested in exploring everything, really. Um, in terms of directing, my next project that I have coming up is... Um, I'm doing a series of children's films. So that'll be that'll be next in there. But um, I think um, I think I'm interested in it all. You know, comedy is fun, obviously. So I think that for a directorial debut, I thought that it was a, a good choice because I knew that um, comparative to other projects I'll do down the road, that this was gonna be a long haul and a lot of work, <laughs> you know, especially wearing all the hats. So I was like, all right, like I want it to be fun and I want it to be fun for other people. And, um, and I just like the idea too of like outputting something that, um, yeah, the audiences get to have like a, a good warm hearted experience with, um, putting out the good vibes. <laughs> uh, you, you talked about, uh, Brian Krause who cameos as, as the director of the audition and, I, I laughed out loud at, at some of the directions he was giving the, the actors. He's like, I need you to be more this, I need you to be more this. What's the craziest or weirdest directive you ever got when in an audition? Oh my gosh. I so much odd stuff. I can't even I like I mean, um 
I think the best, which was funny, the stuff with Brian, we cut so much of the movie down. There was so much more, but like the stuff with him was hilarious because he was just like riffing on like the weirdest stuff that he's heard in auditions. But I think some of my favorite is before they're like, I want you to be in and out, like, like, like internal, but external. I want you to be happy, but a little like tinges of sad. And you're like, you're like, sitting there, you're like, you're like, what? Like, <laughs> you know, up, but still down. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is the most like, like, this is the most description, like not like directional <laughs> directing like <laughs> commentary that I've ever experienced. But there is a lot of that. Yeah, be in, but out, in and out, like. <laughs> You know, it's funny, Her Her I heard an interview with Harrison Ford once where he says the one thing he doesn't want from a director is direction. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious for you, how you thought, you know, what you think your style is and, and how much of your background as an actor helped you as a director? I think, um, so I think my, my personal thoughts on that are, um, you know, and, and also, it, you know, it obviously depends on like the time schedule and the budget and all that. But I think that um, in terms of what I enjoy for directing work, I think a lot of it's done in advance. So it's those conversations beforehand with the actors about the character, the storyline, the arc, um, like nailing out all of those beats so that um, then on the day, um, there aren't necessarily strong directions um, that need to be given to the actors, but more of a reminding of like, hey, like, okay, so this is where we are in the story. And then, you know, within that, these are the beats that maybe potentially like need to be hit in order to accomplish like the next story arc point. And so sort of just more reminders of where people are than actual like, um you know specific direction um so that's generally speaking but you don't necessarily have all that time to spend with um the actors you know sometimes people are cast last minute or unavailable so um but um i personally like as an actor i love being directed i'm like yeah bring it on you got opinions like cool like <laughs> what do you got because i just get excited about uh if i think someone is a great artist in any capacity whether that be like an actor director like producer like writer like like i want to i want to know what they have to say i want input i love it you know so um but that's just me i know not everybody's like that so maybe maybe harry ford's not like that <laughs> he's already he's already got it going um there's a there's a, a great scene in the film with with you and um the tom arnold's son uh L. Jade's son uh who's dressed like a zombie uh and he, and he talks about his his love of zombie films uh i'm curious uh do you share that love what is your favorite zombie film or or, or horror film oh my gosh i love so many horror films zombie films um is 20 days later is that a zombie film yeah, yeah, I think I think I think we can I think we can put that as a broadly a broadly a zombie film. Sure. Yeah, I love that. I love um, like Bird Box, which I also feel I guess it's not a zombie film, but it sort of has that same kind of like maybe updated version of a zombie film. Um, I do love horror movies. I just revisited recently um, Spore Loose which is the Dutch version of The Vanishing, which is the Jeff Bridges film. Okay. that um had Kiefer Sutherland, Jeff Bridges, Sandra Bullock, uh 
And so they use the same director on it, which is which is so interesting um, for the original um, Dutch version, or sorry, for the for the American version that was based off of Spore Loose. And it's just like sort of a I like character studies that are, you know, things seem normal and then there's just something lurking below the surface. It's slightly creepy. Nice. Yeah, they did they did that with um the ring too as well. They had the original Japanese director. Oh, um, cool. After Gore Verbinski left, they yeah, they brought in the original Japanese director for for the sequel to the ring. So that I thought that's uh yeah, it's something that's been uh, been done before. Um, you got, you got to shoot all over. You mentioned, I think you were in Guatemala, you were in Mexico. Um, what's it like for you as an actor being able to, to shoot in the location where the project is set? Awesome. You know, it's very awesome. I think that, um, there's certain places like in Latin America, like that, uh, you know, when you're there, just the the culture, the people, um, you know, the buildings, the structures bring so much to the table that uh, you really can't fake it in a studio. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, just really lucky to be there, especially for the Latin America stuff where you get to bring that texture into it and it comes in like an authentic and genuine way. Um, for this also, we shot, <laughs> in the sand dunes in Yuma, which was a wild experience because it was 110, maybe right below 110, I don't know. But like the equipment was overheating, people were passing out, <laughs> trying to get shade underneath the vehicles. <laughs> like just the, the sand was so hot. It was just like reflecting, like, like just like uh, giving off the heat. And uh, we had ATVs out there and stuff too. And, and so that was, that was a very, very uh, crazy experience. But, you know, it just, um, I think that you need that stuff, you know, visually and aesthetically. Um, I was happy that for an independent film that we were able to um, bring in those sort of like widescape, beautiful shots to make it, um, you know, an adventure film. There's a, there's a running joke in the film with, um, about, uh, your your the film that your character is is trying to make competing with clint eastwood um does did clint eastwood ever want to make ever want to make a, a film about a gem or or was that just a gag i'm sure he has <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure he has um the thing with that was um it, it there's so so there's there's a couple of different layers with that but one of the things that cracks me up that is so prominent in LA is name dropping so people will be like well you know but Clint or like gonna meet with Clint later or like Clint's nephew um so that was like a funny element in there too is the fact that like without giving away too much in the film but the fact that there's like you know this whole like mover shaker hustler con artist stuff and they're like picking up on like tidbits of real information that's happening within the industry and then using it to like name drop to, to, you know, move themselves ahead. So, and I just love Clint Eastwood. I love him. I think he's great. And um, I thought it was really funny to, to, um, oh, I'm blanking on what it's called right now, but there's also a play on the name for his uh, production company um, in there too, which I just think he's cool. Like Clint Eastwood's cool. You know, he's like the ultimate old school, um classic like americana 
um, Hollywood, you know? Uh, two of my favorite characters are the quote unquote brothers uh, in this film, uh, Joseph and, and James, I think are the names. Um, where did those characters come from for you? So that was interesting. And I think that that was probably um, in developing the characters because I wanted to be quirky, weird ensemble, um, just very, like very well developed, but very like strange characters that like all intertwine. And so I didn't know exactly what I wanted for a studio head, like what I wanted that to look like. Um, and so I knew that we have, cause we have like, I didn't want it to compete with, we have like the mover shaker producer characters. So I didn't want it to be in the same world as that. So I wanted it to be um, just to have its own flavor and feel. And so there's different people throughout the Hollywood like life that I've had and working that um, I've taken influence from. And so there's like, you know, a set of people that I think I was like, oh, like that's a different outlook that you could have on studio heads. It doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, fastball, um, uh, you know, like Jerry Maguire, like mover shaker, like thing. Um, and so that's why we went with that, which, uh, I like, I think it's, I think it's refreshing so that it's, it's a completely separate character line than the, than the producers and they're, um, you know, they're just kind of like, they love movies. <laughs> like they're making movies. They love movies. They have like lineage. We did the background character work of them too. You know, their um, their parents were in the industry, and now they're the studio execs trying to try to compete with Clint. And I don't know. For for me, part of the humor was, was you know the fact that they both have male names and and that they're brothers, but like like the the company's brothers. But you know, you've got uh, what sort of uh, Saxon I think plays uh, plays Joseph. Was was that was that always the plan? Yeah. It's just another layer of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the movie's meant to be fun and the movie's meant to be odd and the movie's meant to be like, yeah. like wait, what? Like, what's going on there? Like, um, you know, it's meant to make you like raise eyebrows, make you want to watch it again. And, uh, and just be like, wait, where did that come from? You know, just these like fun little quirky Easter egg elements to it. So yeah, Saxon, I love, I love her so much. She's a great actress and she actually, um, I cast her in one of the first short films I ever did this, um, short film, which is very different than hollywood.com called love thy neighbor. That's, um, sort of like this suburban, like, uh, like David Lynch type, like what's like lurking below the surface, uh, type deal. And, um, yeah, but she's had a long career as an actress too. But um, yeah, so when I cast her in that, though, and I worked with her, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's brilliant. She's really brilliant. And then getting her together with Robert Amico, who he's been working forever too. Like he was in The Last Godfather and he's done a ton of stuff. And so the two of them, because they're of such a, like a, a caliber and like old school, they like fell in love with the idea of riffing off of each other and practicing and like bouncing their lines and like building this like symbiotic relationship. And so as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's cool. And that's going to work really well. And like, that's going to be perfect to head up like the Hollywood section of the film and give that like a really like, because the thing about them too, that I like is um, there's a lot of heart in there. Like pretty much every character in the film has redemptive qualities and um, has like a warm heart. So even like the bad guys that you don't like, or the, or this and that, the villains in it, 
they're, they're still part in there, you know? Yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we mentioned you've, you've been acting since you were seven. Um, and we, we talked about a, a couple of your, of your, uh, films earlier. Speaking of, of heavyweights, I just wanted to hear your favorite, um, Anthony Hopkins story. Ooh, uh, my favorite Anthony Hopkins story. My goodness. Um, no, you know, he's cool. Like he's just got such a strong presence, but gentle, a strong, but gentle presence. So, you know, he, um, he plays the piano. And so, um, he also was very interesting in talking about um, like different methods that he is using for acting um, and, um, you know, uh, different books that he'd read for acting. I remember him sharing about that. And um, I just thought it was so cool. I got to call him Tony. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Tony, <laughs> Tony Hopkins. That's right. Um, but it was funny too. So forever he's had this guy um who travels with him that's such a gentleman and the guy really looks like tony hopkins and he's his stand-in for him and um from the profile they're like the exact perfect profile and so um tony hopkins doesn't uh smoke in any of his scenes and so his stand-in this this wonderful gentleman um, they call him Smoking Tony because <laughs> he comes in and he does all the smoking and all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's very, it's really funny too. And so they'd be like, "Bring in Smoking Tony." <laughs> the guy comes in, like cigar, and they're like, "Okay," because from the front he didn't look like him perfectly, but from the sides so they'd be like, "All right, angle the shot." <laughs> like, <laughs> and and you you got to play two characters in that film, didn't you? Because you you played your sort of character's daughter at the end, right? I did, yes. How do you how do you like playing multiple characters in, in a film? I think it's interesting. I think I think um, you know, um, I think it becomes a conversation then too about like what is it physically apart from like working with um hair and makeup to to make it differently, but also like as an actor, like what is it physically in terms of you know, the way that you carry your weight, the way that you speak, like, um, you know, just like the physicality of the mannerisms to uh, separate them. Because if you're just one character, um, that's not necessarily as defined. But if you're playing two, you need to make sure that they're different. And in, I know uh, that was that happened in, in this film, too, right? You had one you had a, that one guy play play the two characters uh, as, as, as kind of a joke. In, in terms of filming that as a, as as a director, how, how did you how did you find that? You know, it was one of those things where we were like, let's get weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go. We're like, what if you what if you played two characters? Yeah, like without giving way too much, we're like, yeah, let's get weird with that. That sounds fun. So it was like another weird little twist and turn we wanted to add in there. And, um, you know, of course, the actor Herbert Russell, who's awesome. Um, he's sort of got like a Zach Galifianakis uh, quality to him. And he even played, um, what are those spoof movies? The spoof films for, there was one for The Hangover that was like a, a large budget studio spoof film. And he plays um, the Zach Galifianakis character in that one. So, but um, yeah, he's just a great actor. And so of course, you know, for, for an actor, like that's a dream, you know, to be able to play two characters and then have them interact and, and uh, 
So yeah, he just, he just went with that. Um, I think one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when he gets paid and he's like, <laughs> do you remember that? He like gets the money, he gets the thing and he's like, I'm a real actor now because <laughs> it's all he's ever wanted his whole life. You, uh, it's funny, another, I think, character that's mentioned in, in the film at the end uh, is uh, Morgan Freeman. Um, and I know you got to work with him as well on uh, Along Came a Spider, uh, again, with, with uh, Anton. Do you, uh, what, what's he like to, to be in the presence of? He brings so much presence in the room, so much presence. Um, one of the things that was like so sweet and wonderful is, uh, he had a, a thing for singing show tunes. And so in between, in between scenes, he would sing these, these shows, these show tunes with his daughter. Um, and they would be on set and it was, Hey, if you want to join in and do a sing along, <laughs> like jump on in. And I'm like, uh, yeah, like I'll do a show to sing along with Morgan Freeman. Like, could it get any cooler? Yeah, now he's an, an interesting guy. That voice too. That voice is to die for. Yeah. I've always Me thought like as an actor, I need that. Like <laughs> figure out like what my Mika like ultimate narrative voice would be. Yeah. Well that's that's he actually jokes about that because he played the he played the president in one movie and then the next movie he was offered God and he's just like, Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and of course we, we mentioned Anton, who I know you starred in, in two films with almost, uh, back to back, uh, along came a spider and, and, and hearts in Atlantis. And I, I got to experience the, the, the presence that was Anton when I worked on, um, on, on fierce people, memories of, of him. You know, it's such a tragic loss, um, that he's no longer with us. He just really, really, uh, talented actor well-read, very like interesting. Um, and, um, you know, just someone who you feel like always is like working on themselves and then sharing that with other people. Um, so, but yeah, no, I, um, I feel like it's pretty cool that we, we filmed, um, we filmed a one came the spider in, um, Toronto. Oh no, okay. sorry. In Vancouver. Yeah. We filmed it in Vancouver. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we filmed in Vancouver, and we were right next to Stanley Park. Oh, that's a beautiful area, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so it was gorgeous. And so we filmed over there, and, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience. And then we had um, our wonderful – we had this teacher who's, like, old-school on-set teacher, Mary Jo Slater. Or not Mary Jo Slater. Mary Jo <gasps> – Mary Jo Slater is a really famous casting director. What is Mary Jo's last name? Oh, I don't remember. Um Mary Jo. Anyway, so Mary Jo, she was like a casting director forever for, um, or not the casting director, sorry, um, the school teacher forever in Vancouver. For, like she used to teach um, Rouge Bulk before that, uh, you know, who was in the craft and so many other films. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, that's, it's really cool. Uh, she had us keep these journals as we were filming. And so I've got these like really cool old journals because she had us write in it every day. Um, you know, from when I'm like 11 years old. And so it's fun to like go back through that and do some of the, some of the memory stuff. But my little uh, light went out. You, uh, you, you shot that in Vancouver and we, we talked about um, 
Augusta gone, shot here uh, in, in Victoria. Do you have any favorite memories of, of that film or, or being being in in Victoria? I know that was many years ago. <laughs> um, Augusta gone was a blast. It was a blast. It was, um, I was just switching out my light really quick. <laughs> um, I think it's okay with that. Though. But yeah, Augusta gone was so much fun. I um, so enjoyed like, just being a part of that project, Tim Matheson, who, uh, you know, he's, he's been around forever as an actor, like he was an animal house and like just so many different projects. So he directed that. And then you have, um, uh, you have Sharon on that, who, uh, gosh, she's been on like every TV show that's ever existed for like, however many years, like just, just a huge, huge catalog of work. But, um, yeah, I had fun. It was beautiful. It was really beautiful. And then, (laughs) The wilderness stuff, which you were there for, <laughs> the wilderness stuff was wild. They had us out there in the snow, very deep, stomping through things. Uh, and uh, the idea was that, uh, you know, it was a wilderness camp for, for kids who were having issues with like drug and alcohol abuse. And so this was sort of to sort of give them life skills and a, and a reset. Um but uh, but then there's like very dramatic things that happen where where people like dying and trying to escape and um, just like the mental pressures that that came from the kids being there. And so they really put us out there in the snow, really had us hiking around, yeah. making fires with the little thing. I, I don't know if I'm imagining this, but I feel like they actually brought on like some sort of drill instructor for us extras to like, like get us actually moving. I don't. I can't. I can, I, I can see I, that absolutely. Yeah, like you're like get out there, stomp harder. Yeah, exactly. And I seem to remember a scene. I feel like there was a like some sort of campfire, and it was you, Giacomo, and I think Katie. Katie it was Stewart, like yeah, yeah, and it was there. I don't know. There was some like some night scene, and everyone was going crazy around a, a campfire or something. But my my memories are a little hazy. And it was cold. Oh yeah, it was really cold. It, it was, was so cold. It was super cold. I actually, it makes me crack up because I, um, <laughs> I still have that outfit, <laughs> like the cold weather, like, super, oh, yeah. like, yeah, like the super, uh, you know, and they're not necessarily like the most flattering, like cold weather clothes, but they're legit and they work, but it's like the big old poofy jacket and then like big old, like poofy pants for, for, uh, you know, if you were forced it, like, I didn't like, I don't remember either. Like were the characters like, like, were they supposed to be like living out there in the wilderness too? Like camping in the snow? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's weird because Victoria like doesn't really get a whole lot of snow either. So that was just a, a whole thing. Of, like we don't like if we don't have like we have wilderness camp, but it's not snow. It's all just like forest and trees. Yeah. Nanaimo was gorgeous too. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I believe there were like whales. Like when I went hiking over there, like all these like huge roots and then whales. and Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good whale watching spot. Um, is uh, sort of up up there. You get to see a lot of orcas. Uh, that's that's one great spot for them. It was funny when I drove up there, though. Um, it was a really funny experience because I how far so how far away is that from Victoria? It's about an hour and a half, a couple hours. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it was funny when I drove over there though because I drove up there and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. I went to explore it and I was driving there at night. And um, halfway there in the middle of the wilderness, some girl jumped out of the bushes. <laughs> and I was like, 
<laughs> she was like, and I was like driving. So I like stopped and I like started talking to her for a second. And I was like, and I was like, hey, how's it going? She's like, good. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just like hiking around. I'm like, you're hiking around. I'm like, these Canadians, <laughs> like, this woman's hiking at night in the, in the woods. Like, <laughs> I no, I mean, we don't all do that, but it's it, <laughs> like, if you get, if you get like the more you go up island and it becomes sort of less city, you, you will see that, you know, if you get to like Port Alberni or Tofino or whatever, that, that tends to happen. My favorite too, um, filming in Canada is the, um, uh, the shorts in the winter. <laughs> like, yep. Everyone wearing shorts. I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're on, if you're on the West coast, yes. If you're, if you're in the prairies or Toronto, you probably won't get away with that. Cause Winnipeg gets to like minus 30, minus 40. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, no, that is a thing when for years, my dad would always wear shorts in the winter and he was just like, yeah, whatever. We, uh, I actually, I was just filming a Netflix series and our, uh, our key grip, we would call him summer Gary. Cause we had a, we had a, <laughs> we had a blizzard out and it was minus 10 and there's Gary in shorts. It's like, he's just like, I mean, he was, he was from the, he was from the prairie. So he's used to like, you know, just bitter cold and nothing. So we're just like, yep, yeah, there's Gary in shorts. It was a, it was a really big day when he put pants on. That was like, it was like a huge thing. It's so funny to me too. Cause I'm like are your calves getting that hot? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is it about, like, just exposing the calves that, like, is really doing it for people in the cold? <laughs> we, you know, we, we talked about how you, you know, you, you made this film with your dad. What was the, I guess, either the best part or, or a favorite memory you have of, of act, of seeing your dad act? Oh my gosh. I had so much fun with, he has a crying scene in the movie. And so I was like, I was like, you know, because it's, um, yeah, it was just like a fun experience. I'm like, yeah, so like, you're going to like cry. And so I went through like different methods of like how he could get there as an actor to like be in this emotional space. And um, so that was funny to explore. But what I ended up doing with that is I have a, a friend of mine who's a um, very talented actor, a skilled actor. He's been a bunch of Coen brother movies and, and stuff. And um, he happened to be in town and I was like, hey, like my dad's got this crying scene. Like, will you hang out with him for like an hour or two before and like get him there? And he was like, okay. And so he like sat with him and, and talked to him about like character and like why his character would care and be upset, which is funny because it's comedy. So still everything's like pretty loose, but um, yeah. So it was funny though. Cause when he came in to do the scene, he was kind of there. Like, <laughs> like Paul had the tears down. He was, uh, you know, in the emotional space he had been uh, primed for it. So that was fun. I, I really enjoyed that, but you know, just, um, you know, the problem solving, the traveling, um, all of that was pretty cool too. I, um, yeah, like, yeah, just organizing, um, you know, big things. Cause also like with indie film, like there's a lot of stuff that needs to be rewritten on the fly. If things fall through or something, you know, like if a location, something happens, like you have to be able to roll with the punches. And so, um, that was something that was kind of like fun to experience with him. Um, uh, like we had, um, what else did we have? We had a funny experience where uh, we were filming a scene and we had an actor and we just had them for a limited amount of time. And a construction company decided that it would be the day to have jackhammers 
next door. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, and so I was like a little like floored. I was like mind blown. I was like, what are we going to do? Like, and my dad was like, it's cool. Like I'll go talk to them. And I was like, all right. So he went over and talked to them and uh, they, they were like, oh, no problem. We have other sites that we could be working on today. Like we'll, we'll come back tomorrow or the next day. Like, would that be cool? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so that was fun too. Like, you know, um, having him do stuff like that. Cause he likes to problem solve. So he's good at it. He likes talking to people. I wish he was there when we were doing our films. We had a, uh, a leaf blower and a cement mixer for two days while trying to film. That was, that was fun. And like all what? day, all day too. Were they trying to get money? No. Well, no, like, I I don't know. Like, they, they knew we were there and our location manager had talked to them and whatever, but they just, they just were like, well, the homeowner told us we needed to do this today. So whatever. Oh my gosh. I did um, this one movie um, actually with, um, with, with Paige Howard, who's in this movie as well. She plays Veronica Lake. So Paige and I did this movie together um this funny funny quirky movie about 10 years ago and we filmed in a residential neighborhood and the neighbor literally ran the lawnmower like around the property every day until the production like paid the money to stop like they were like it was almost like blackmail bribery but like what do you do you know they were like um yeah it was crazy because it because like you can't get any sound and they they would run it was funny too because they like they're like or not funny it was terrible but they're like running the lawnmower for like eight hours and we're all like no one like like your lawn is cut <laughs> lawn can't get any shorter yeah. <laughs> Stop. yeah no i've 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 been there feeling the wrath of like neighbors who think they should get paid or weren't getting paid or it's uh how much of that did you have to deal with as a producer? <laughs> On this one, not too much. I'm not too much, surprisingly. Um, yeah, we were pretty fortunate that, like, I didn't have any, no no crazy uh, backhanded bribery stuff on this one. So, no, it was good. Um, I think probably one of the crazier things that we did uh, was we did, like, the airplane crashing scenes. And somehow we ended up filming that till like three, 4 a.m. And we were in a field in Texas and it was like cold as heck. And um, we were trying to build out the turbulence and the turbulence wasn't looking right. So we finally built a seesaw onto the back of um, the airplane. And so the back like tail, cause it was a tail dragger and it had the wheel on the back and we put that on a seesaw and um, <laughs> it was, any of the cast or crew who was small, um, it was part of their job if they were not in the shots to the scenes to get on the back seesaw and like make turbulence <laughs> to bounce the airplane to get the correct look. So the main people that got signed up for that somehow uh, was me and then the Mayan priest in the movie. <laughs> so I'll have to show you, I got these funny videos um, more specifically of the Maya priest, but he's just like back there, like in like a wet, in like a cold, like puffy jacket, like <laughs> trying to add turbulence. And then like, like, all right, get back out there. We need you for your close up. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll take over. Um, so that was funny. It was really, it was so cold though. It was so, so cold. Yeah. No, we, uh, we, I just did a film where we, it was a blizzard and they had 
and they were supposed to shoot with a horse. So they had like the, and the guy's supposed to be like bare chested on a horse. And they're like, yeah, no, it's a blizzard. We're not doing that. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's crazy. That's crazy. I've been on um, the sets before where, uh, so like for a long came a spider for, um, they had me where I swam in, um, I forget, I forget what that was exactly, what river that was, because uh, it was in Canada, but um, they had me where I swam in and it was so cold. So what they did was they built out a wetsuit and the wetsuit had um, warm water pumping through it. But then what they did for the exposed hands, you know, so they looked proper on uh, camera, was they um, they made like silicone gloves that they painted, um, which is funny because I was like, I thought maybe you were gonna go that go there with that guy on the horse if they were like, we'll build out a full silicone chest and he's gonna ride in the blizzard. Yeah, no, they just I think they just rescheduled it because we don't like we were already in like six hours of overtime. We had done like thirty pages in three days, and everyone's just like, okay, we're done. <laughs> oh my gosh, thirty yeah. pages in three days. Woo! Well, it was it was a tel it was a television series, so it was I mean, it was it was a lot you know just like everything's you know sixteen different setups, seventeen hour days. Everyone's just like, all right, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of TV, I wanted to quickly ask you about your your experience working with Hugh Laurie on on House. That was cool. That was very cool. Oh my gosh, he's such a rock star. The dialogue that he says on that TV show—it's so funny because. When you hear him say it is one thing, but to look at it on paper, it's like this long with so many like large medical terms. Like that man is a genius. That man is like out of this world genius. Um, that show is so cool to be a part of too, because they um, were so specific with their writers and the research that they did. So actually each one of the things um, like the like symptoms or sicknesses that are represented on the show, they're all real. They're real. Like they're crazy, yeah. but they're real. Um, and so it just like fascinating. It like made me have so much appreciation because I'm like, all right, like you watch the show and there's like these random, like very like far out, you know, like cuckoo, like obscure, like medical things happening, but they really good. <laughs> so I was like, wow. But um yeah, that was fun. Do, do you forget that he's British sometimes? Because people have said his accent is just so good that you you forget Hugh Laurie is actually from the UK. Yeah. Yeah. He's a genius. I mean, I, he really, like, works hard to put all that together. My goodness. You, I know in, in your episode, I think you, you played a patient who was, like, impervious to pain or something like that. You 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 couldn't feel pain, which a lot of people would think is, is a superpower. Um, so if... If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Ooh, um, I think I would, I don't know. It's kind of like a catch 22. I always thought it would be really, really interesting to um, like be able to read other people's thoughts, but maybe that's just too much information. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that could either like be like, it'd be cool if you could turn it on and off. Cause I feel like it'd be like really cool. Cause you could, um, you know, it'd be like a, almost like predicting the future, but not quite where you could kind of, you know, um, so I don't know, maybe that or, um, flying would be awesome. Probably just flying. Right. You know, yeah. you'd be like no more commercial flights. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll just take myself there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be like, I'll be there even cooler. If you could fly and like grab a butt, <laughs> like, you know, 
tote somebody with you. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah I think just, flying would be the one. Just take 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 your personal assistant with you wherever you go, right? Yeah, you'd have to figure out though, like you have to figure out the right kind of gear because like you wouldn't want to get bugs in your eyes, you know, like that could be painful. You could probably like end up with um, you know, too much like wind chap on the cheeks. So you'd have to figure that out. And then you'd have to figure out some sort of like um uh you know, like the little head things that people uh, swim in, like a little swimmer's cap. So you'd have to work that out for flying. But um, yeah, I think flying would be the one. Uh, I know you you, you mentioned a, a couple other projects uh, coming up. And one I see here listed for you is something called uh, Snowball uh, in Hell. What can you tell us about that? So that's a really fun, interesting project. Um, so it's about a boy who's in the, in the 1920s and... Um, He's traveling across the, and it's based off of a real story, which is so cool. But um, he's traveling across the United States via jumping trains. And so he stops off in um, all of these different areas. And there's these vignettes that are coming of age vignettes where he experiences different things that ultimately um, have him grow as a person and as a man until, um, you know, finally at the end of the film, he's a completely different person than he was at the beginning. So it's just a beautiful story. It explores so much history. Um, I love too that there's like these different, you know, like vignette short form pieces um, and each one of them is almost standalone in a way too. So that's that's a really great project. Some of our staff because of the pandemic has been sort of, you know, moved around and pushed for the time being. So yeah, I've got that one. Um, there's, um, I did a music video during the pandemic too, which was cool being able to, you know, continue to work and film. So I directed um, a music video for Travis Tidwell, who's uh, part of Dolly Parton's management company. And so we had that come out on uh, country music television, which oh, nice. was like, yeah, I was really excited about that. Um, so there's um, a behind the scenes music documentary um, in Nashville that I'm going to direct. So we're putting that together. And then there's a series of children's films that are like educational children's films. So lots of lots of stuff um and uh yeah i'm excited about it it'll be it'll be good to you know kind of now that things are sort of getting back to back to normal in terms of like being able to have groups together and working and whatnot um you know i'm ready i'm ready but, but like i said we filmed during the pandemic we just you know kept everybody yep. separated and 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 made it happen I, uh, I saw that your, your dad's also producing this one with you. Is, is this a, have you got him hooked? Is this a full on career change for him? <laughs> I think so. He liked it. Well, you know, okay. So with his background being with gemology and um, he's also a pilot, like, but especially with gemology, like he loves to like negotiate and like haggle and like find locations and talk to people. So, um, you know, which are great producer skills, like, they're, they're very, they're very good producer skills. So I think that, um, you know, when you find something that you're naturally inclined to do, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, I've convinced him, <laughs> convinced him to come on board. Well, uh, the new film is Hollywood.con, <laughs> not uh, .con, uh, and it is in wide release very soon, is it not? Amazon. Amazon. Amazon, yes, it can be found on Amazon, Amazon? and yeah, and then um, yeah, Amazon. Well, Mika Borm, this has been great. Uh, I didn't even, you know, we we only we only scratched the surface, as they say. Um, I, I know I, I kept you uh, a, a little bit 
longer than planned, but I, I, I really, really enjoyed the film. There was a couple points where I was laughing out loud. Um, I encourage uh, all the listeners of the podcast to, to go uh, check it out. Uh, this has been a treat. Thanks so much for, for your time today. Thank you so much. This was such a blast. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, stay safe over there. And uh, we look forward to uh, whatever, whatever project of yours uh, is released next. Cool. Thank you. Alrighty. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. there you have it that was me and mika borum her new film hollywood.com is on amazon now that does it for me today be sure to subscribe to endeavors on apple music spotify deezer or wherever you get your podcasts you can follow me on social media at Endeavors Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.